Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 25, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot to discuss today. We're going to start with the stuff that happened over the last couple of days. What we had over the last couple of days is one of those rip-your-face-off rallies that lasted from the Tuesday morning low until yesterday afternoon. We talked about this many, many times, and we discussed the fact that when the market gets into these corrective states, you're going to see big swings in both directions. You're going to have big down days. You're going to have several down days in a row. You're going to have rip-your-face-off rallies that last an hour, that last a day, that last a week, any number of days in between. Now, yesterday, they made it look like everything was fine. Looks like they're going to retest and potentially make a new high. That's the point. Their job, and who is they? The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Their job is to make as many investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. Does that sound familiar? It should because we discuss it all the time. We were looking for a top the third week in February. Last night we said a trader could still short against that top because we were looking for a top the third week in February. If they were to close above that high, we would reassess. We would have to take another crack at it. But in reality, we were looking for the top. The top was in. The top is still in. The market is now different than the market was before. Think about it like this. Each and every day, not every single day, but almost every day, even if the market went down in the morning, just for an hour, a half an hour, five minutes, whatever it was, it seemed to turn around, float around, and finish not necessarily on the highs, but finish near the highs almost every single day. Just go look at all the green candles of late and you can see exactly what I'm discussing. Now, all of a sudden, the market looks different. The market is acting different. The market has different behavior. Why is that? Because we're entering a corrective phase for the market. And by the way, this is directed at all the people over the last couple of days that sent me emails explaining how I'm wrong, how the market's going to continue to make new highs, and that may be true, and how you were chastising me, not all of you, but some of you, for trying to pick a top. What you don't know, and this is where we don't know what we don't know. You have to take stock in what you do know. What none of you did was go back to the videos of the hundreds or thousands of videos that exist on the YouTube channel, and you didn't double-check to see if we've done this before. Not once, not twice, but many times before. Again, we're not saying I'm going to be right all the time. We're saying we were looking for a top the third week in February. Why? Because that's what the long-term cycle dictated. The long-term cycle also dictates that we enter a corrective phase in the market that'll likely last several months. In that period of time, you're going to have more rip-your-face-off rallies. It's going to look like everything's fine many times. Some of you post under the videos from time to time or even send an email asking, hey, why is 318.92 still on the screen? The market's nowhere near there. You're right. 
It's nowhere near there, but they'll be back. What would be a target, at least a near-term target on the downside, underneath current price? Let's assume for a second, this is an assumption, this is a hypothetical, but this is inside my head. This is what I'm thinking. Let's assume they're not going to stop at the 50-period moving average. The other day, they came close. They bounced away. We've discussed this kind of thing many, many times. They do this all the time. So now, they're heading back toward the 50-period moving average. Does it have the same meaning as it did a couple of days ago? And the answer is, obviously, no, it doesn't. So maybe they stopped there temporarily, but all in all, I don't believe they're going to stop at the 50-period moving average. What's now the target What are they going to achieve on the downside? And where is the market next likely to find garden variety of chart support on this daily chart? So where would we be expecting a bounce from underneath current price? There's your next spot. It's a zone between 375 and 371. Why is it a zone? Very similar to the other day when we put out some numbers like for the SMH and the Qs and financials maybe no it wasn't financials there was another market maybe it was the iwm either way i put out two or three numbers and during the day the market spiked the numbers and then turned around and went back in the other direction same routine 375.50 give or take to 371 so somewhere in there is going to be your spike could they bounce off 375 and change absolutely can they spike it down to 371 absolutely With velocity, can they even go lower? Anything is possible. I'm just saying what the math says, what the calculator says, based on where the market is now, if in fact we reached 375.50, give or take, call it 376 to 375, down to 371 over the next couple to three or four trading days, maybe not out to four. We'll leave it at three for the time being. If the market were to reach that number or in that zone, you should find at minimum of intraday support. Said another way, you're going to have a bull bear battle in that zone. It's another tell based on the weekly close, which we know has more significance than the daily close. Why? Because it's more important. You have basically five days in a week's candle. You have four candles in a month's candle, four weekly candles in a month's candle. So that's more powerful. So when the weekly chart closes, whether it's poor or positive, either way, it's going to be telling us something. It's about the value of information. The second piece to that is what you do with the information. Do you know how to use the information that the market is providing? Are you able to use the feedback of the market to take actionable trades, whether they're day trades, swing trades, longer term trades, are you able to take action? Let's check out inside the numbers, see what was going on in there today. The pre-market commentary, we've got a happy Thursday going on. They've been up, down, and all around in the overnight session. It wasn't huge moves, but they were up and down all night long. Small moves, but moves nonetheless. So we should see some back and forth volatility type action today. That's the tell early in the morning. Generally, when you're up, down, and all around during the overnight session, the Globex session, it's something of a tell about what's to come during the regular trading hours. We're moving along. Now, I would pay attention to some of this stuff because some of the stuff that you're going to hear and read that was discussed early in the day 
started to materialize. So it's kind of interesting how this stuff unfolds. So we start out with, we don't know whether or not that was an end-of-the-day relief rally yesterday or they'll continue today and beyond. Doesn't matter from a trading perspective. So I just want to set the stage. Forget about yesterday. We show up today in uniform ready to go. This is from a day trading perspective. Doesn't matter what they did yesterday. Doesn't really matter where the market is, high on the chart, low on the chart. We're looking at what's going on in the present. As long as we have a beat on important numbers, the rest generally falls into place. So let's get right to the numbers and see what we've got. 389.25 will be important. Right out of the gate, that's a number we pulled from Wednesday. 389.25 was a breakout. The market broke above it, kept going. We discussed inside the numbers, we discussed yesterday that the fact the market would be back to visit 389.25. Maybe not yesterday, but maybe today, maybe tomorrow. That's what was discussed. That's what happened, obviously, and then some. Now, the market was above that in the pre-market, so here's the commentary. Well, let's not be surprised if that takes place this morning. If tested early and on a straight shot, it should be garden variety chart support. Now, I even give you something else to go along with it. It matches up with a breakup candle low, so that spot from a technical perspective, and it's kind of technical my way, not technical out of some book or some course or whatever. But the way I look at it is you start to get a little bit of a full stack over there. So what I said here is you get a twofer. Getting below and closing short-term candles below is a hint of a recapture of a breakdown candle high and would open the door for 387.50 at some point. Now focus on these numbers for a second. 387.50 seems far away from where price was in the morning. Then, obviously, it wasn't far away later in the day. 389.25 was important for its own reason. Now, this is rather dramatic. Here's your five-minute chart. But we only want to focus in on 389.25 for now. What was discussed was 389.25, and by the way, right of the vertical is today's activity. 389.25 was discussed as should be garden variety chart support. So let's check out what happened here. The low was at 1015 or in that candle. And the low was what price? 389.22. What was the low in the previous candle? Candle ending 1010. 389.24. Where was the market just minutes later? 390.71. That's 15 S&P handles. How you doing? Did the market bounce at the former breakout area? And the answer is, yes, it did. Obviously, gave it up later. That's not the point. It was a trade, not a marriage. The second number that we just discussed was 387.50. 387.50. So what happened? The low over here was 387.57. And then the market bounced right back to where? 389.25. You see why we have what I like to call important numbers. You can't call them only support. You can't call them only resistance because they're important whether price is above or below. If price is above, they're support. If price is below, they become resistance. And then sooner or later, they dissipate. They become not important as the day goes on or as the week goes on, depending on where the number comes from. Well, and then you ask, well, how do I know where the numbers come from? Well, you don't. I do. So keep in mind. 
This is the early thoughts. The market's not even open yet. This is posted on the board at like eight something in the morning. Let's move along. Let's see what happened as the morning begins to unfold. As you could see, I'm still focused on 389.25. That's the only thing on my mind from a trading perspective on the long side of the market at 9 o'clock, at 8 o'clock, at 9.30, at 9.40. That's the way it worked. I was only focused on coming back to test what? The former breakout area. It's a trade. It's always a trade. It's not going to work 100% of the time, but guess what? I'm going to take the trade 100% of the time. All right, we had a late edition, Intel put on the board, 917. I note that when I do that because some traders don't look after, let's say, 9.10, 9.15. They don't look at the thing anymore. And if I post something up close to the open, I like to let you know. 9.31, the only long at present is down at 389.25. Now, this is interesting. 9.33, 391.60 to 391.85 should be initial resistance. It's a small spread. It's a 25-cent spread. But that was the resistance zone that was identified at 9.33. There it is on top of the screen, 391.60 up to 85. And here's the routine. So the market opens the day at 390.41, runs up into 391.60, slightly higher. What was the high of day? Be interesting to find out. How about 391.88? Never looked back. Now, obviously, I wish that I said with a screaming, like a bullhorn type of screaming, wish I said, hey, short the market, this is going to be it for the day. But three minutes into the day, you don't know that. It was resistance, and it turned out to be the short of the day, the short of the week, the short of the month, not going to be the short of the year. So let's move along a little bit, see how the morning unfolds. What I urge you to do is pause the video as I scroll up and read the notes in detail. Double check the work, go back to the charts, see what happened around the numbers. Think about what the commentary is. Think about it and then take a look at the market, the chart, and see what happened after the fact. Now, as the morning unfolds, here we go. 390.40 is the gateway to lower numbers. For learning purposes, where's 390.40? How about the opening candle of the day? Now, this is a five-minute chart, but let's switch it over and we'll go to a 15-minute chart. And you see, and we could do the same on a 10-minute chart, and you're going to see the same candle, and you're going to see the same low, and the low is 390.40, and as soon as they give up that low and start closing candles below that low, it's a different day. Then, what the market is trying to tell you is that you have a failure on your hands. Well, in a failure, what are we looking for? We're looking for 389.25. So what do we know? We know that if the door opens, if they get below that initial candle low, and here's a 30-minute chart, and this is really what your opening range is. It's based on the first 30 minutes of the day, and your opening range low was what? 390.40. Then the market's telling you that you've got a failure on your hands. Now, we didn't know what was going to happen at 389.25. Maybe that was going to be the low of day. Maybe it wasn't. We don't know. But what we do know is the large majority of the time, because that was a breakout area, when the market comes back to run a test, you're going to find at least an assemblance of support for a while. That's the way the market works. If something else is going on and the market is coming down with tremendous velocity, then it's going to be a miss and it's going to be one of those trades that just doesn't work out. But in order 
to be in this business, in order to be in the risk business, you have to be willing to take the trades you're supposed to trade. And guess what? When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's generally wrong. Case in point, when the market's coming down, and I know many of you like to look at short-term charts, one-minute charts, tick charts, three-minute charts, five-minute charts, I understand all that. You can look at whatever you want. Those charts are fast. They give you a skewed sense of what's going on most of the time. So what happens is you're looking at the chart. Let's say you're looking at a three-minute chart, and it's coming down really, really fast. When it's coming down really, really fast, it's not easy to step in front of that in the other direction or on the other side of the trade for a counter-trend bounce. Now, whether it's easy or not is irrelevant. We know it's not easy. You have to find a way to get over it. Do it in a demo account. Do it with extremely small share size. So at least you have a stake in the game. You need to feel the emotion, but you can't be pounding the table every time the market goes down 10 cents. Think about it like this. Let's just use another hypothetical. Let's say you're buying the market in here. Okay, when it's coming down, you're buying the market right in this zone where that line is, okay? Now, it goes all the way down to here, all right? This is a 15-minute chart. Let's just say it was down there for seven or eight minutes. We're making up a thing. I don't know how long it was. Let's just say it. It's a long seven, eight minutes. Why? For obvious reasons, because you're thinking it's going to go down further. You're looking at the money. You're looking at the money on the screen go down rather than looking at the chart and understand where you're wrong. When you look at the money tick, whether it's green or red, your emotions take over. You can't control that most of the time. You almost have no choice. Here's a little tidbit. I don't watch the money. I don't have the money ticking on my screen. I know what the trade is. I know if I'm wrong, I'm going to lose. And I know if I'm right, I'm going to win. How much doesn't really matter at the moment. I'm looking at some trend lines. I'm looking at a chart. I'm looking at price, looking at price action. I'm looking at stuff, but I'm not looking at the money. All right, we got off on a little tangent. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to scroll up. Let you read the notes at your leisure. Pause the video, do the thing. I'm urging you if you're at all active in the market, during the trading day, then this may be valuable information. This is tour guide information stuff. 10.30 in the morning, IWM and transports melting. Two favorite market leading indicators leading. It's a tell. And I'm telling you, moving right along. Again, pause the video, read the stuff. I'm not going to babysit this thing every single night. You get the point. When I have some important things to point out, we do that. Otherwise, your big boys, your big girls, if you want to read it, you'll read it. You'll go back to the charts and you'll double check the work. That's the way it works. Not to leave out stocks on the move. We always have to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. What we'll do is look at Intel. We'll look at SWKS, Skyworks Solutions, and we'll look at Ping. The other ones didn't hit their price levels. They're off the board. They're no trades. What you have to know about these today is when the market was floating in the morning, right, it was kind of the buy the dip crowd came in, the rescue operation, they saved the market. Everything goes together. It's a rising tide, lift all boats type of scenario. So stuff that was heading to a destination gets rescued along with the market and it gets lifted up and it takes some of the trading opportunities for day traders away off the board when that happens. So that was kind of happening this morning. 
Here's Intel, and you have to put this in perspective. So Intel gets a small bounce at the first number, comes into the second, goes almost back to the first. Your average is in between if you're painting by the numbers. So you see what was going on here. You got about a base hit, but you have to understand the character of the market. What was going on at the time? When the market's melting down, these trades are harder right? They're harder with the velocity of the S&P 500 and the Qs and the Dow. When they're all melting away, these trades are more difficult. That's why we like them first thing in the morning. I like it during what I like to call the morning rush because everything's headed to a destination. And more often than not, when they get to a destination, they're at least going to stop, if not go back in the other direction. In the middle of the day, if the market is melting down and everything is getting thrown out with the bathwater, it's a different type of scenario. They're harder trades. It's just the way it is from where I sit. Skyworks, this basically blew through everything, got dragged down with the market. We're going to call it, it didn't work. We're going to have to call it for any trader that did take this trade. We're going to have to call it a shit burger. Now we have a stop. And if the stop is hit and the hour closes and price is below the stop, then you exit the trade and you move on to the next trade. That's just the way this business works. So how many bad trades do you see us talk about each and every day, each and every week, each and every month? They happen, but not that often. This is one of them. It happens. The reality is when the market is melting down, how many traders actually took this trade? Probably a handful, not a lot. And ping was a classic no trade. So check this out. First candle of the day, and by the way, I'm looking at the level two at the time, and the market, the bid, was stuck on 25.77. Why? Because we had our orders at 25.77. They didn't hit it. They traded away. They ripped it away. Look at the high in this candle, 27.47. So that price is off the table. They come back. It's off the table. You can see what happens here. They go down to the second number and come up short again. So here's the low, 25.17, they bounce away back to the first number. Again, that trades off the table. So this one was just a no trade twice. So that was it for stocks on the move today. But here was the juicy trade. The juicy trade was the obvious trade right here. It wasn't obvious to everybody. I'm just saying after the fact, it's obvious this was the juicy trade. Some traders didn't get in this one because they were waiting for the lower number. Some traders front run it. They get in. So there were two bona fide trades here. And then they killed the market over lunch. I'm doing stuff. I don't see exactly what's going on. You get back and the character in the market has changed. You get back or I got back and the whole thing changed. The sentiment changes. Everything changes and the afternoon is different than the morning. Trades are not easy in the afternoon. They're not easy anytime, but the afternoon is certainly harder. IWM, all these charts are going to look the same. Now they lost or re-lost the 20-period moving average. Now you can see it's different. They closed below it. The other day, they spike it, they close above it, looks good, positive close, rally on. Now they close near the lows of the day, below the 20-period moving average. They're headed lower. What's the prize right now over the next couple of days? If, in fact, we saw the IWM down at 210, 208, you're going to expect intraday at minimum of garden variety chart support. By the way, look at the volume here in the IWM, 49 million shares against an average of 27 and change. So guess what? Almost 
times two. How about the volume on the spiders? 145 million shares against an average 90-day volume. That's the average. 67.7 million shares. So guess what? More than a 2x. How about the folks down at the transportation department? How about a little fake out yesterday? They're rallying. They're making new highs, all-time highs. And then all of a sudden, what do we have today? The reversal candle. It's still above all the moving averages, well above home base or the 20-period moving average. Coming back toward home base is normal. The trannies did a pretty good job at a fake-out operation over the last couple of days. The folks out in Silicon Valley, they're ahead of the pack. Why is that? Because the queues are top-heavy. They have stuff that gets thrown out with the bathwater. Everybody owns it. Everybody wants to run for the exit at the same time. You're shoving 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. That's the reason that the queues are down exponentially and look different on the chart as it relates to the other charts or as compared to and contrast with the other charts. Where's that spot in the queues where you would find a nice bounce take place? Where's that spot that you want to know about? What's that number for the queues? Well, there might be one beforehand, but the one I came up with... It's 295. Now, you might get, we don't need this anymore. You might get a, uh, a bounce before that, and the 295 may play out later on, or depending on where a bounce takes place, 295 may not be important at all. But from where I sit, I really wouldn't buy this market before 295. And a normal trader would say, well, what about 300? It's a big fat round number. Why wouldn't they find support at 300? They probably will. 300, 301, 302, 299, that's probably going to happen. But my number is 295. How about the XLF? How about that reversal candle? On volume, okay, 90 million shares against an average of 53 and a half, that counts. That's a reversal. Here's the weekly chart. Are they going to put in a tail candle on the week? Maybe. Obviously, depends on what happens Friday. How about Smash Mouth? Chart looks the same. Look at that volume. 6 million shares against an average daily volume of 3 million shares on a big-time down candle finishing at the lows. What does that look like to you? It looks like trouble. It looks like there's more selling coming to a chart near you. What's the next spot for the SMH? I want to say 220, but they could go down to 215, so we'll call that a zone. If, in fact, they get into that zone, you should find garden variety of chart support. Now, I don't know whether they'll get there anytime soon or when they'll get there, but think about it like this. They were down 6% today, 15 bucks on the SMH, 6%. Can they be down another 6% or 7% or 5% tomorrow? Absolutely. Get used to this stuff. You're going to see this over and over and over again. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.